like to other artists, but then their albums would come out with the song. So that's why a lot of country artists did covers is because they gave the rights to the singles to other people. If you're just joining us on the Pete the Planner show, <laughs> this is what it's like when we're off the air. Kristen impassionately making a plea about why country music artists have so many covers and Damien asking provocative questions that get Kristen passionate about country music. Hi, everyone. I'm Peter Dunn, Pete the Planner. And just a wee number of hours, I will be driving on for seven hours to go to Memphis, Tennessee to watch 11-year-old boys kick balls. I'm a genius. Hello, Dame. Hello, Pete. Hello, Christy. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Andy. Good day. Uh, Dame and I are wearing the same sweatshirt today. Apparently, one of us uses fabric softener. I don't I know what, what like what's going on. Like they're the same sweatshirt, they're different it's, colors. It's just gotta be the color grading on our machines. I mean, you've you've got a much better, much more representative uh white balance, I think, going on in your uh your picture. Brian Pankins joins us via LinkedIn. Brian, uh, uh, sir, did you just win some like a uh, corporate award of some sort? I feel like I saw you. That's so exciting. Out there being celebrated on the socials. Is, is that in fact true? Jason, hello. Danza, hello. Dame, coming off the Super Bowl, I think all of us were right. Didn't we say we thought Kansas City would win? No, I said no. 49ers. <laughs> oh, so I was right. Okay. Um, here's what we're doing today. Uh, good morning, Rick Swig. We are doing a review of our stock picks. And here's why we're doing it. Number one, I've been, I remember one. I remember one of my stock picks and I think it's doing pretty well. And then I brought this up to these two people and they giggled and cackled like they know something I don't know. And so it's going to be a more interesting segment than you think. Good morning, uh, Reverend uh, Renfro, as well as Jameson and uh, Brian Pinkins won the distinguished achievement award. Whoa. Brian Pankins with the Distinguished Achievement Award, the old DAA, as they call it. Did you get some sort of uh, plaque, like a, what, what are those, like a acrylic, like a plexiglass mm -hmm. plaque? You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Kristen, didn't you get that one of those once for a, a Yeah. Um, I'm the only one who ever got one because after that year, you were like, people don't want awards. They want gift cards. So I have like a one of a kind award on my shelf. Rick Swink's driving to Memphis. Do you guys think that beer is going to happen this weekend? Don't joke. What? That's very high stakes. You shouldn't joke about something so serious. That would be amazing. Can you if, imagine? If Rick Swink and Ted and I went and had a beer in Memphis. Oh, my gosh. I'd make them news. Damn, I feel like I'm forgetting to tell. Is there anything I should be telling people? Do I? Is there something going on? I don't remember. I don't think so. All right. Well, we're going to be moving through this show today, Jeremiah. So sorry, uh, sorry Boss Hog of Liberty. Uh, the other two segments are uh, cap or slaps. What, what's the what's the <laughs> underrated, overrated? What are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy wants the most caramel moment of the week. Ah. Uh, ah. Let me try to think of one here. Hmm. Probably too many to choose from. <laughs> yeah. What's the third segment? Uh, that Oh, it's a question. We have a question. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, beautiful Crystal Award. Brian. Wow. Ooh. He uh, Distinguished Achievement Award. Got that DAA money. Sorry. Okay. Dame, let's start the show. 
Okay. Taking a half day today. Um, you, you, you don't hear your thing at your money line. You can't actually take a half day. I know. You, you can take a full day. Mm-hmm. But if you take a half day, it doesn't count as a full day. You, right. you, it, it's sort of weird. Mm-hmm. I would like to take a half day because I won't be working for a half day. I feel like I'm cheating. So I'm sort of like, well, do I take a full day? But then no. I am working. It's confusing and it's upsetting to me. I, breaking news. I'm getting a call from the Netherlands right now. Oh my gosh. Very important. Is it, so what's happening there? Is it are you going to Amsterdam? I maybe, maybe I want a trip. I'm curious if I should answer it and just uh now. Nah, no, I can't do that. Okay, in three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us, ask Pete. At PeteThePlanner.com. That's AskPete at PeteThePlanner.com. And I have a special announcement for you, listener. Singular. I am back actually reading emails again. That's right. I have the password. I was given (laughs) by my colleagues. And I read them again. I took a several-year break due to sadness and low self-esteem. But I am back reading your critical emails. Joining me, as always, Kristen Alanius. Hello. Hello. And Damien, Andrew, Dunn, hello. Good day. All right. Uh, You know, about a month ago, a little bit more than a month ago, we set out to shock the world with our stock picks of 2024. Here's how it works. Each one of the people on this show tries to beat Kristen, which is impossible to do. You pick the what you believe to be the best performing stock uh, by the end of 2024, the worst performing stock, and of course, you get to, uh, a little closest to the pen of what the S&P 500 finished this year. Those are the three categories. Kristen won best and worst pick last year. I won the S&P pick last year. Let's see how far we've come with just one month in to the year. Dane, before you get started with the details, anything shocking? Are we seeing any, are are, are people going to really learn something here about us? I I mean, they will be surprised at the performance of some of these, but probably not surprised once they learn who made the picks. All right, let's start with best pick of the year. Can you remind me what I believe to be the best pick of the year? I don't actually remember. I haven't I haven't run it once. What is it? Do you want me to go through the uh, traditional way that we we Sure, uh, you do you, these? girl. Okay. All right. Uh Pete, you went first uh in the uh the choice selection this year. And you chose Hecla Mining. Uh your What's the, your pick, oh, there your is, pick there by is. the way has gone to Hecla and you are down year-to-date for your winner. Down 18.68% for Hecla Mining. Kristen, can you give that disclaimer that we like to trot out there? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, If it wasn't made evident by that last pick, um, this is not investment advice. Please don't do anything that we say. We are not licensed professionals. Get your investment advice from people who are, please. Hecla Mining. So, Dame, you have it somewhere on type tape that I chose them as the best performing stock. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, Pete, everybody has you on tape saying that that was going to be the best performing stock. Okay. A lot of upside yet, right? Oh, yeah. A lot of year to go. A lot of year to go. Hey, I, I, can we just, can I paint a picture for you right now? 
Is it going to be with like coal or some precious metal that you're trying it to could be? Okay. Right now, there's some very hardworking men and women somewhere mm. in the world mining. And at this very moment, they could take their pickaxe or whatever you use to mine, maybe sulfur <laughs> dioxide, which I don't even know what that is. And they're going to discover the world's largest something. And this stock could go through the roof. To the moon. Are we tracking? Sure. I mean, there's always that chance. Always that chance. Do you remember that successories poster at the mall where the guy's mining and he turns around just at the wrong time on the other side of the wall that he hasn't broke through is just a giant gem? (laughs) That's what my, that's what Hecla Mining stands for. (laughs) (laughs) Quitting just before it becomes profitable. That's what they stand for. Okay. What are the other best picks? I don't want to eat up all the time with my great picks. I I chose Delta Airlines. It is up 1.7% this year. So a little bit of a slow start, but it's trending. It could have a nice little return this year. Kristen made a pick that we were all skeptical. Well, two of us were skeptical of Bluebird Buses. Pete, you may remember that. Bluebird Buses. Bluebird is up 31% so far this year. 31%. What kind of inside information do you have? It cracks me up, you guys. It's just a hope and a prayer, really. Are you hanging out at Greyhound stations on the weekend? <laughs> last year you accused me. Last year you told me you were going to take my library card away. <laughs> did, you, did you did per- you personally purchase Bluebird buses when you made this choice this year? I did not. Did you purchase Hecla Mining? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> okay. Dame, on to the worst pick of the year. Pete, uh, you picked Big Lots. Yes, yes. As your worst performer. And oh. you know what? They're down 40.5% year to date. Let's go. I know. <laughs> Shocking and very impressive. Wait, well oh, can I? I have I, I got to say something. Uh, I know it seems like we're trivializing people's uh, jobs oh, yeah. and employment and uh, stability. Uh, this is for, we are not getting joy out of their loss. This is an investment exercise of which you should not follow. And we are trying to elicit entertainment through your bones. So how, how good am I doing? What is it again? Down 40.5%. Burn, baby, burn. Wow. Okay. What? Uh, I chose Beyond Meat for both uh, financial and philosophical reasons. Uh, <laughs> and oh, that, oh, was that a laugh? Yeah. No. <laughs> nope. Beyond Meat down 10.2%. Down nice. 10, which is great. A month and a half into the year, down 10.2, not 40 and a half, 40.5, but I feel good about that. All right. Well, I'm killing it in this category. And then Kristen chose the obvious choice here AMC movie theaters down 15.8%. So, so I'm Pete, dominating. Pete is dominating, dominating the down category. He picks better losers this year than anybody else. <laughs> Although I did pick Tesla last year. Yes, I said yeah. this year. Loser. Yeah. Okay. Um, S&P 500. Dame, what are we thinking here? This year, the S&P 500, at least from the date we, we picked, has returned 5.89%. Oh. We chose, I chose 6% for the year. <laughs> so it could be a very flat year. We don't know. There's pre- don't know. presidential year. We a lot don't of know. time left. Yeah. Kristen chose eight. Okay. She's still Pete, in the game. Pete, Pete, you went 14. Yeah, I do. We're all still in the game here. Any of oh, those, yeah. any of those could come out to be exactly on the, on the money. 
it that that could happen to any of them, which is my favorite part. Is now we're gonna have you on tape being ecstatic about big lots, and then some meme account on Reddit is gonna get people to buy it, and it's gonna go to the moon. Like that's the best that's part the best. of doing the. That's yeah. the best part about doing these check ins is you just never know. I will say, based on the last geopolitical week or two, the idea that the market could likely end in an absolute catastrophe this year. Catastrophe this year seems relatively high, right? Like it just Mm -hmm. geopolitically, man, we're in some choppy waters, uh, so to speak. So Dame, the big takeaway here, this is for entertainment purposes only the market as a whole this year, it's doing fine. Uh, Crypto is having a little bit of a run, um, which, you know, crypto Doug's excited about, Very, Uh, but it's early. It's early and, and you shouldn't make your, uh, Investment selections in a vacuum anyway. I have a question. Okay. You might not remember, but <laughs> yeah, you... okay. I don't. <laughs> Whatever it is you're about to say, I um, don't remember. When we picked our stocks this year, you text Dame and I and you said, look out, I've done research. I'm just <laughs> curious. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just Too curious poison. about what that research entailed, to be honest with you. Um, I do remember that. Okay. <laughs> um, and I will remember how you've made me feel just now. I'm sorry. Um, I did some Googling around uh, some different uh, newsletters, if you will, of like, what are picks for the year? What are what, Who's struggling? Who could fi- mm-hmm. possibly file bankruptcy this year? Who's yeah. looking for a breakout year? You know, those sorts of things. You know, that's research. What did you, what'd you do? Just like go down to the bus stop? <laughs> that's exactly what I did. I sat inside some board meetings and made my picks. Dame, what'd you do? A little Googling, a little light Googling. Yeah, a little light Googling. I should have chat GPT'd it. All right, let's do this. Let's take a break. Coming back, what are the most overrated and underrated pieces of financial advice? Is that right, Kristen? Pretty close. Pretty close? Yeah. We'll do that when we come back right here on the Pete the Planner Show. Yeah, Pete the Planner. A couple other people join us. Chris, hello. Tom Ricks, hello. Um. Can I tell you guys I had a magical moment this week? It actually made my heart feel nice. Wow. Uh, I spoke at a thing in Indianapolis. And first of all, you both have done public speaking. Someone will introduce you. They'll read a little bit of a bio, tell you so that Mm -hmm. people know who you are. It's happened, I don't know, several thousand times in my life. It's not a thing. No one cares. Whatever. The person introduced me wrote his own bio based on things that he knows about me or found. And it was, it was just lovely. It was just like really personal and nice. And one thing he said, uh, in introducing me, he he was saying, he's a, he's a, this, he's a, that he's a humorist called me a humorist, humorist, a humorist. And I, I was so excited. I was like, I fancy myself a humorist, like a Dave Barry, you know, like a, like I'm a humorist. Hmm. Uh, Isn't that I called you a leg bone? That's weird. Not a humor. He, what's that? Humor. Humor. Uh, Kristen, that, that humorist. That That's a compliment, right? I think he meant it as one. Yeah. That's what matters. What, what, what was that? <laughs> I don't know. You just never know what words mean. It sounds, is it a real word? Yes, humor, humorist. Dame. Humor is the upper arm bone. I failed biology and anatomy, apparently. Kristen, did I laugh at Dame in that last segment? 
It was on the fence. It wasn't like a cackle. I don't know that it was a laugh. It was like a chuckle, kind of. I don't know if it counts, though. Jeremy notes he was sad to see that I was not on the celebrity all-star roster for uh, the NBA all-star game in Indianapolis this week. Here's what I know. They don't grab local celebrities. We did have a discussion at this at the office this week um, that if there was a local dancing with the stars, I am the level of celebrity that would be invited to be on that. Oh, yeah. You uh, you have been on that court and performed before, though. Let's let's not do that. Let's not do that. The Harlem Globetrotters happened to have been in town once, and I was duped into a impromptu performance with one of the Globetrotters where he lifted me over his head and spun me around to the what? tune of the Titanic soundtrack. You didn't see that? Let's no. not dig up the video. Um, <laughs> Ben's already looking it up. Andy, there is a video. Yes. Okay. Let me Let me let you know this right now. Dame, I'm not going to count that as a laugh. Okay, that's fair. You all, this is Dame's, will be his fifth week in a row to get a laugh. Potentially. Potentially. We can review it after the show, but that was more of like a courtesy of like, oh, all right, yucky. But I didn't, but I really didn't feel moved. That's fair. That's fair. After the gift that you gave me last week. Last week uh, was a cheap laugh, but it just, I I was a weakened state. Sorry. Kristen was spilling tea uh, before the show started about some drama on oh, Facebook. Uh, it was pretty interesting. Should we cover it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's do that. Go ahead. What do you got? <laughs> no? Called my bluff. Okay. Well, I mean, no one cares. I you know? could have swore you said you were going to move through this show. Oh, can I ask a question, though? Like, uh, what... Why do people share some of the stuff they share on on social media, like Facebook? Like, why? Why? Like, what is it? You're asking in earnest. I'm asking in earnest. I think it's because people want to feel seen. I think a lot of the time when people share things that you're like, ooh, why are we putting this on Facebook? I think that maybe they don't feel seen in their, like, everyday life, and they're searching for that. That's a pretty good answer. Let's move on. That's why I asked if you were being serious. Well, that's a really good answer. I mean, yeah, yeah. And again, I'm not trying to make fun of the people that are doing that. I, I, it's a sincere question of like, I don't know, like dignity comes into play for me. I'm like, ah. But it, it's one of those things. Okay, you're clearly sharing the best moments. Mm-hmm. You can work. I guess I get just as concerned about the people that share just the really awful things and you're just... Mm-hmm. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Okay, <laughs> that'll be fine. Um, I still am struggling to learn how to use this phone. Jeez. Boomer. Okay, three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. You know, there's a lot of personal finance advice floating out there from all sorts of people. Uh, some of it is good, some of it is bad, some of it is overrated, and some of it is underrated. And right now, what we're going to do is we're going to walk through some some very common uh, financial advice as read by the one and only Kristen Alanius. Kristen, did I describe that okay? It, it, yes. I was thinking maybe a little bit more niche, and I was thinking about like 
budget hacks or like approaches to spending. That's where all of mine are. If you want to expand that and the two of you share others, the ones that I have are all more budget related. Are they under or overrated? Are you suggesting that I would uh, like take over a segment that I actually didn't prepare for and you did? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know. What's number one? Shopping in bulk, like Costco, Sam's Club. Is it over or underrated? Damn. I think it's appropriately rated. I mean, I if you've got space, I, it's fantastic. It's You go out, you get a little bit more for your You do have to be sh- smart about it because sometimes they're not always the best deals. But I, who doesn't love having a pallet of toilet paper at their disposal? <laughs> Damn, you live out in the country. Do you buy like millet and sorghum? In bulk, yes, I uh, have it delivered on the on the grain truck, and we just uh, sew it into the back forty. Is there anything better than reading the word sorghum? No, that's a great word. Yeah. Uh, I think it's completely overrated. I, I and here's right why: on. I think that people, myself included, impulse purchase things that they don't possibly yes. need in bulk, yes. and then they just consume in bulk. Thank you. And the segment's more fun when you have hot takes, Damien. We're not here to like play Switzerland. Um, Okay. It's, (laughs) it's, I feel like it's so overrated. I told you guys I was in a grumpy mood today. I I think it's so overrated because of exactly what you said, Pete, unless you're being really, really strategic about your purchases, you're buying stuff you don't need. You're throwing away things you're not using. I think it's just justification. Don't get me wrong. I love Sam's club as much as the next girl, but I think it's just justification to go to the store sometimes. Yeah, because like there, there's that uh, w- w- people call Chicago mix. I would call like Garrett's popcorn, but it's <laughs> it's like a cheddar and caramel corn, like in a yeah. giant bag. A, if I'm at a grocery store, I'm not buying that. B, when I'm at Costco, I not only buy it, but I buy it in such bulk. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I wouldn't. I wouldn't normally buy that. I literally have a giant bag of jalapeno cheddar skinny pop in my cabinet, and I didn't need it. I have no comment about that. Dame, um, Dame, are you, are you a bulk uh, store shopper? I, in limited, uh, for very specific things, yes. I, like I said, like paper products and trash bags and stuff that I know is going to get consumed. Yeah, we absolutely buy there. I don't buy things that are potentially going to spoil unless we have a very specific purpose intended for it. So I maybe we do bulk shopping the right way. Number mm-hmm. two, Kristen. No spend months. So like no spend November, no spend January. Underrated. I will also say underrated. So overrated. Wow. You are grumpy today. I am grumpy today. Um, who I don't want to go first though. Cause I'm, I'm the odd man out here. All right. So Dame, I'll take this one. Uh, back in the day when I fancied myself a personal finance expert, <laughs> I would always do my own experiments on my own life before I would <laughs> tell others to do it. I got a lot of value after uh, on sort of those go without weeks or, you know, th- those restrictive things that sort of reset the system. I, I think they're, I think they're really good. I've never done an entire month. I, I think that maybe that is a little weird, but like, Hey, I'm going to go out to lunch once this week, or we're not going to dine out this week, or we're going to do pantry meals this week. I find all that to be really good to reset you. Uh, Dame, uh, what would you add to that? 
I think having a financial challenge or any kind of challenge put in front of you that you are going to focus on and be a little bit more uh, in tune with with what's going on in your life, again, whether it's financial or something else, has to be a good thing for you. You have to be paying attention and not just floating through life, not paying attention to what's going on. So I, I think having a specific challenge set in front of you, if it's no spend month or week or uh, just cutting this one category out, yeah, I think that's a great thing for everyone to try and undergo. Before the media darling Christy Elanius goes, uh, Dame, do you think she has this perspective that she's about to share because she has an $11 order at Subway? Oh, that could be. Go okay, ahead, that was a cheap callback. I couldn't. I, I was, but I also couldn't get it out cleanly, so I feel like a, a fool. Um, Big Rick Swink in the comments on the live chat is he is gunning for my vote for a listener of the year because he says it's just a no spend sandwich between extra spend bread. And that's what I feel happens to most people in these is that you're so restrictive that then when you remove those guardrails, you overindulge in spending. But for me, more than that is it's so hard for it to be binary. I know we've talked on this show about like dry January or like other challenges. To me, some of those are easier and slightly different because it's just like a yes or no thing. No spend months at their core aren't even reality because there's no there's no universe where you cannot spend money. And so I think that slippery slope just makes the concept overrated for most people. Number three. Me again? Sure. It's your. I, what, what, what do you want me to? Give oh, up? I didn't. Know. <laughs> I never, never tip. <laughs> like I don't know. I didn't prepare for this show. Well, Damien did. I think. Name? Do you have one? Sure. Okay. Trading in a car just because the new one gets better gas mileage. Uh, I. This uh, is. <laughs> go ahead, man. Kristen. I'm so grumpy. I think it's overrated. I think it's overrated too, because it just seems like potentially weak justification. Yeah, I think it's overrated. Okay, so well, we no need that, to debate that. That, that was kind of like, boring because we all agreed. Christy, give us one that you're just grumpy on that we're actually on the other side of. Um, I will lump two of them together. And because I think that the three of us will not agree on this one either. And I will say, I'll call it energy hacking. So carpooling to reduce fuel costs and like um, paying really close attention to like your thermostat. So colder in the winter, hotter in the summer. Do you think that that kind of restriction is under or overrated? Dan and I are definitely going to agree on this. (laughs) (laughs) Overrated. Yeah, 100% overrated. Yeah, you, you, Kristen, thermostats should just have like a range of three numbers on them. <laughs> Basically, you know where you're going to live in those, and just set it and forget it, <laughs> like a, like a like a Showtime rotisserie. Yes, yes. <laughs> I disagree. I think it's underrated. I think it's an area of your life that you can get really comfortable, and before you know it, your expenses in those areas can become out of control. Um, and maybe it's because maybe my bias here comes from living somewhere where energy costs were so high. And I saw so much that carelessness led to literally hundreds and hundreds of dollars in utility bills. And I'm like, maybe if we were a little bit more strategic, we could save a lot. I, I could have regional bias in that. Aren't we coming off 
off the heels of a random man showing up from the water company at your front door to tell you that you had a exorbitant utility bill. And then so you're overcompensating by this by making it this personal finance hack about how how good a job you do at this. Yeah, he did. My water bill was $270 and I almost cried. Boy. It was awful. It really feels like there's some holes in the cobbler's shoes here today, doesn't it, Dave? Sure are. Kristen could have filled two city swimming pools with the amount of water she went through. It's true. I will give one quick one on the fly to wrap the segment. Uh, putting cash in envelopes and then only spinning cash out of envelopes for each budget category. Overrated or underrated? Dame? Uh, uh, underrated for the right person. Kristen? Overrated. Overrated. All right. Coming up after the break, uh, a question about something. Money, <laughs> that is, right here on the Beat the Planner show. Ah, Beat the Planner. <laughs> that was dirty. <laughs> that was dirty. Oh. Uh, Indiana and Kentucky have affordable rates, says uh, Deanna. Mm-hmm. Oh, Deanna. Hello, Deanna Hall. Good to be with you there. Uh, all right, Kristen. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I, I, you guys sent me this email, so I got to. Oh, I felt. <laughs> I felt like I was about to come under fire for a second. I was preparing myself the way you set that up. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, under fire? No. I think I would admonish you here on the, the air. I feel like it's been a little while. Why? Well, I was accidentally mean to you a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I didn't think so. You, you, you actually said so on the air. Oh, but like in a lighthearted way. I don't know. I do love that you're grumpy today, though. It's given me life. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm just a gripey old woman today. It's true. Robert says it sounds like Pete's taking the whole day off. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, let's go. Should I go Mickey voice the rest of the show? Sure. I would prefer you didn't. Grumpy Kristen is a good time. Chris, <laughs> <laughs> I think... I like a lot. There's a lot about you that I really like, but it is your tendency to occasionally get grumpy that is the most endearing quality that you have. Well, and it's a, it is an old man grumpy. It's not just it a is. standard grump. It is a there's a masculine grump to it, and I love it. It is. I really, I really become my father's child when I get grumpy. That is the truth. Yeah, Jeremiah, we do have time for a Mickey voice. Okay, <laughs> we're moving the show along. Don't be a hater. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. In three, okay, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. You know, you can email us, ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com, and I actually will read your email, and I might put it on the air. Dear Kristen and Co., as I was listening uh, to an old show, I heard you say that you shouldn't spend more than 25% of your income on housing. I spend considerably more than that, 40%, but I think I'm okay. I still save 12% to my 401k. I have four months of expenses in an emergency fund, and I still have money left over every month. Am I still in trouble? Signed, uh, no one. I There's no name on this. <laughs> Fair point. That is the 
That is the dangers of broad stroke personal finance advice in the media, which is something that I've battled my last 20 years or so. It's it's a tough one, right? You want to give general rules that apply to most and knowing that you're going to you know, deploy ideas that don't hit some. So Dame, is that just a classic example right there? I think so. I think there are certain people who know exactly what they want to accomplish financially, and they know if they can take that, I don't know, additional risk may not be the right uh, term for that, but they can take on that that extra expense in a category that can get somebody in trouble really, really quick. And if they know they can still hit all of their other goals and still have some money left over, I, yeah, I, I don't have any issues with that. I mean, that to me, Chris, and this is why we have the ideal budget that says it is 25%, but the, the glory of the ideal budget is to say, but if you don't have expenses in other categories or you you know take care of business in these other categories, then you have wiggle room. I don't, I don't mind it at all. I, do you? <laughs> <laughs> so my answer depends on this person's life stage. And I think that the two of yours might as well. If this is a single person, do you feel differently than if this is a young couple that wants to start a family or a couple that's closing in on retirement? How do my, how do the circumstances surrounding a housing decision impact whether you think this emailer is okay or not? Yeah. I mean, very well said, by the way. I mean, uh, Dame, I would, I, to Kristen's point, if this is a single person who planned to continue to not mingle, uh, then it would probably be fine. If it is a pre-retiree who is in the process of paying off their mortgage, it's fine. If it's a family, a young couple about to have kids, probably a terrible idea. Is it though? I, I mean, they've got, if they've got the cash left over and the income is going to remain steady, Yes, kids are expensive and they will add some additional month to month uh, expenditures and costs to your your financial budget. But if it's financially feasible, is it horrible? I I think. All right, Kristen, help us out here, because I believe a young couple about to have kids has no idea what they're in. Kristen, you should know this. They have no idea what they're in for. Uh, with kids and, and those expenses. So I think that whatever margin they think they're okay with, it's going to become cost prohibitive real quick. I would probably have to agree with that just based on what the two of you tell me. I mean, how often on this <laughs> show do we talk about how, you know, <laughs> your kids are just going to bankrupt you is how it feels sometimes. So it's just, I, I, you don't know what you don't know. So someone might say, Hey, I feel like this is still something we can afford, even if our family circumstances change, but can you, I, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go another direction with this too, is if you have a 30 year mortgage and it's a 40% of your take home pay, Generally, that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. If it's a 15-year mortgage and you're in the 30s, approaching 40, I'm okay with it almost under every circumstance uh, as long as you have an emergency fund and you're funding retirement. I think if you're in those higher percentages, high 30s to 40s, and you are not putting the correct amount away for retirement, it's a bad idea every single time. 
But Pete, you'll grow into that 30-year mortgage. Oh. Oh, jeez. Um, what other categories, though, also qualify for this? I mean, transportation's a little different. Um, are there other categories that, like housing, that are that large, provide nuance? I mean, Is transportation really that different? I mean, we're looking at car loans now that stretch into seven and eight years for some people. Oof. What do you think is more of a lifestyle decision, a house or a car? Like a true, true lifestyle decision. Well, can you expand on, I want to make sure I understand the context of lifestyle decision. That there is a bare minimum um, utility to a roof and or wheels and that going above and beyond the the simple minimal utility of it all leads to a lifestyle decision i i would argue a vehicle is probably more a purer lifestyle decision yeah than a house because with a house comes the right school system and with the house comes uh living in a safe area and and in mm-hmm. you know ease of geographic mobility yeah, yeah. I, ideally equity, you're talking about two totally different types of assets as well, which people love to use that as justification for houses that maybe they shouldn't purchase is like, oh, it will, you know, we'll have equity. Um, but I do think by definition, that's part of the equation. May pivot quickly, Dame, here. Uh, it feels like the, the, the housing market with interest rates sort of stumbling the last few weeks, interest rates have gone up what, two weeks in a row now, uh, mortgage rates. I, I still fully expect this to be one of the hottest housing markets ever this fall. Do, do you feel like the last couple of weeks of stumble are, are going to change that? It's been interesting. And there's, I, I, I agree. I still think there's upside to the housing market because interest rates are going to come down a little bit and people are going to be able to get freed up and, and make some housing changes there. And that will also probably continue to spur on the the, the construction market as well. So I, I think there's plenty of room for the upside in housing. We have two co-workers right now who are in the purchase of buying their first home. It's pretty it's very exciting. exciting. Yeah, it's, it's very, very exciting. exciting. Uh, all right, Kristen. So the rule of thumb of 25% doesn't work. I don't think that <laughs> that's the conclusion that you brought to us. Oh, yep. That's you heard it here on the Pete, the planner show. I will say this at a two and a half percent mortgage, which I do love to talk about my two and a half percent mortgage. It has me somewhat rethinking my strategy uh, of trying to get it paid off before the kids go to college. Uh, and then using the additional cash flow to help out just in case, like it, w- with the feeling that interest rates are going to stay high for a while. It, it just, I don't have an exact strategy of how I would change it, but I'm trying to reconsider everything because it just feels like such an asset I don't want to part with. That's such a hot take with only a minute left to go in the segment because that has been like your pillar for so long. I am willing to examine other ideas is what I'm saying as an an aging person. (laughs) Dame, would I be crazy to examine other ideas? No, no, you wouldn't. Not at all. And yes, Rochelle, I did drive to the bank yesterday and pay my mortgage. Thanks for asking. And it was very fun. And I enjoyed every moment of it. 
Let's do this. Let's take a break. Come back. Dame's back reading the news this week, which is really good because I did terrible at it. Uh, And then also it's a chance for him to get us to laugh for the fifth week in a row. He's got nine minutes and 40 seconds left to try to pull off this monumental task. Will he do it? Kristen, what, what what say ye? Do you, do you believe that this young man will make us laugh for a fifth week in a row? I fear that the pressure has gotten to an untenable place and that we're not going to we're not going to get that laugh this week. I actually feel bad that I'm trying like I don't want it to out there that I'm trying not to laugh, but it's also in my head. <sighs> I, I yeah, I think the deck is stacked against me. Okay, well there's only one way to find out. Come back after the break. Will Damian Dunn Make us laugh out loud for five weeks in a row would be a new show record. I'm Pete the Planner. It is worth, I mean, I do feel like I need to review the tape to see if that earlier one was a real laugh or not. When you, the thing is though, when you really, really laugh, yeah, you sit back in your chair yeah. and head goes up and yeah, yeah. It, it was not the kind of laugh that the other weeks have been built on with the exception of last week, which was a gift. The weird thing, too, is let's be honest. No one has ever, ever, everyone close their eyes for a second unless you're driving. No one has ever heard Kristen laugh on the air, ever. She's a silent laugher. Like right now, she's laughing, but no one can hear it. That's that's <laughs> true. That's called truth, Kristen. It's also because I hate my laugh and I listen back to the show. So I try really hard to not have to hear Wait, what is your laugh? laugh? Dame, do you know her laugh? I've heard it. What is it? No, it's, you haven't. I can't do it. <laughs> it's a cackle. And I used to get made fun of for it. And I don't like the sound of it as a result. And I listen back to the show. So when I have to hear my own laugh, I'm like, oh, not my, my new segment uh, made her laugh uh, out loud yesterday when she watched the recording. It did. It did. But I was by myself. So it was safe. Uh, we work alongside one of the best laughers in the world oz has one of the greatest laughs in the history of laughter she does oh man yeah Kristen, i don't know if i've heard you laugh in a really long time consider oh, she, yourself she works with us fair okay well dame let's see what you got big fella you ready for this yeah sure i'm i won't be the first time i've disappointed a massive amount of people okay in three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner Show is the Brian Eno Turntable 2. In 2021, legendary musician, composer, and artist Brian Eno released a limited run of 50 turntables notable for their integrated LED lighting. This year, he's back with an updated model that's slightly less limited. The Turntable 2 eschews timeout. Granted, issues. Am I saying that right? I believe so. I think so too. It's not nearly as fun to say as it looks like it will be. Like no. sorghum. Sorghum. Yeah. Uh, issues the traditional rectangular shape of the original for a circular resin body. I also have a circular resin body and precision cast acrylic platter, both of which benefit from RGB. That that's Ruth Gator Binsberg LEDs that slowly change colors as the music plays. The <laughs> Damn, I'm trying to get Kristen's laugh. I'm throwing everything I can at her. 
That was hilarious. The belt drive motor supports 33 and 45 RPM playback, while the white project aluminum tone arm, Ortofon white tomb M cartridge (laughs) and gold plated RCA connectors keep the sound quality high. 150 handmade pieces and 20 artist proofs will be available from the Paul Stolper Gallery beginning this past Tuesday, February 13th. All right. Kristen, you're a big fan. What do you think? I actually am a big fan. I don't know. Unless this is like totally out of control, I might not think this is a huge waste of money. Um... This is, oh my goodness, I hate this game. This is $400. Game hates you as well. Damien? Kristen, this thing has art. I mean, it was it, it literally in, I think, in the uh, the description, the copy. This is, uh, this is a $3,000 turntable. 25,250 American dollars. You can buy a strip of LED lights off of Amazon and wrap it around whatever you got and get part of the feeling of that. Dame, what's in the news this week as you go for your fifth week in a row to make us laugh aloud? Go. Do it. Tell your jokes. Bitcoin to the moon. At least that's what some people were saying earlier this week as Bitcoin surpassed $50,000 for the first time since December of 2021. While the crypto industry has faced challenges, including scams, bankruptcies, the recent decision by the U.S. regulators that we've covered recently to allow spot Bitcoin ETFs has contributed to the digital currency's resurgence despite the initial subdued response in prices. Interest in these ETFs has played a significant role in driving the recent surge, suggesting a possible growing acceptance of Bitcoin into the mainstream. Or it could just be your mom trying to make a quick buck with her crypto club. The total value of the world's most popular cryptocurrency surpassed $1 trillion for the first time since 2021, and the overall crypto market, meanwhile, broke $2 trillion in market cap fueled by investor confidence. If crypto were a publicly traded company, Pete, it would be the fourth largest in the world behind guessing game time, the three largest companies in the world ahead of what the market cap of Bitcoin is. Microsoft? One. Apple? Two. And then that other one that's been popping up here, NVIDIA or something like that? Uh, That's a reasonable guess, but it's not NVIDIA. Amazon. Saudi Aramco. Ah, Well said. Um, Kristen, a lot of things happening in the crypto world right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Some positive things. Um, has your view changed in the last six months, just in general, uh, about crypto? No, it hasn't. Despite some of our coworkers' <laughs> efforts to sway me, um, what I find really interesting about this is I didn't expect the ETF to really have any momentum because I expected the people who were bought in on crypto to not really care about the ETF. So Mm. expanding offering via ETF, I, like I said, I just didn't expect it to have much of an impact and I was wrong. Dave, do you ever fear? Well, maybe I think you may feel different than I do, but I fear dismissing crypto so much as like, I don't care that I'm the guy that's like, I'm Bryant Gumbel saying that the internet is a fad, you know, like do you fear that at all? Yeah, a little bit. I I, I think um, there's an, a potential opportunity long term that we 
uh, just view it in such a light that we, we, um, we ignore whatever positive trends there may be because we we're just so stuck with our lack of understanding or, or, uh, willingness to try and continue to revisit it and see what applications it may actually have, which is, is something that I think you and I specifically have to continue to fight through and look at it with fresh eyes whenever we can. But I think this particular thing is uh, more of a result of financial advisors having a way that they can get some of their clients into uh, a diversified position and getting us some exposure to, to crypto. What else is in the news this week? If you bought chocolates for Valentine's Day, I hope you budgeted it accordingly because this year the classic I bought this on the way to our date treat came with a steeper price tag. The cost of cocoa experienced a notable spike, reaching a record $5,600 per metric ton last week. $5,600. Reaching a record uh, since uh, not seen since 1977. Climate conditions in West Africa, where 60% of the cocoa is cultivated, has led to a poor harvest contributing to this increase. Pete, there's a stat here that I'm going to call shenanigans on. Hmm. Despite the higher costs, the National Confectioners Association reports that approximately 92% of Americans plan to buy chocolate or candy for the made-up holiday. I'm going to say balderdash. No. Kristen, what word would you like to use? I <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't prepared for that question. Can I, I, <laughs> a point of order, if I may, and I don't want a mansplain uh, raw ingredients to you. Isn't it cacao? It is, but I didn't want to pronounce it incorrectly, so I just used a different word. Kristen, would that story have been better if he would have said cacao? Um, only if he would have said it like that, though. Yeah, Dame, how do, how do you ethically put out that press release saying that 92% of people plan on buying candy for their loved ones? Okay, we have three people who have loved ones on this show. Mm. My wife did buy, pardon me, my life partner... Mrs. Planner did buy candy for our children. Mm. Mm. I did not buy candy for anyone. Dame? Uh, I did not buy candy for Valentine's Day, but I don't know if you've noticed the uh, the Reese's Easter eggs are out. So I have bought a couple of those for mm. Mrs. Advice because those are the. I love those. But is it, wasn't it? But it was for Valentine's Day, the 92%, right? But yeah, the stat was for Valentine's Day specifically. Yes. Uh, Kristen, have you bought any cacao products for loved ones? I have not, no. Okay, so it's a, it's a dumb stat. Doesn't make sense. You heard it. I agree. Wait, I, is I, it 92% of adults or people? Of 92. people working at the confectioners, whatever yes, they yes. call it. <laughs> yeah, 92% of Americans was the... No. Absolutely I mean, Shame on the house of cacao. <laughs> That's just how can they put that out there? I know that's not the point of the story, but Dame, you're right. That's ridiculous. Who who was their sample? Where did they go? Their employees or their board. I'm telling you, ninety two percent of Americans. Okay, a preschool. Ninety two percent of Americans don't even have the ability to make purchases. That's not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's say there's a baby. Baby ain't buying candy. And there's a lot of babies. And if you did, you'd steal it from them. It... <laughs> With 30 seconds left. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Damien Dunn <laughs> does it again. Ooh, run under the wire, buzzer beater. Oh my gosh. Oh my word. Oh my gosh. Congratulations, Damien. For those that have no idea what's happening right now, probably on the radio show, Damien has just made us laugh out loud legitimately five weeks in a row. It's a new record. Congrats, Dame. Thank you. Wow. A little emotional. <laughs> Sending you good vibes, everyone, because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. Wow. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Dame. <laughs> I feel so bad for anyone who didn't get to see that. Because that was hilarious. Oh, that was like a last second buzzer beater. That was a half court shot. I'm just going for it. I was so close to holding it in. <laughs> <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh oh good job man damn that was good was that written in your copy as a joke you were going to try to get out there or not no no how can i make that you i don't you know. came up with baby that's a bs statistic though oh, totally For real 92 percent of americans not true read it again read that part again you got it <laughs> No. I'm mad. Uh, I will. Yeah. Despite the higher costs, the National Confectioners Association reports that approximately 92% of Americans plan to buy chocolate or candy for the made up holiday. I want to, <laughs> I want to see Send the financial email. reports of the National Confectioners Association. <laughs> like, oh yeah, well, our revenue went up 900,000% trillion billion. Oh, but see, I got, um, I received for Valentine's Day the chocolate covered strawberry crumble cookies, and those have chocolate in it. So, Wait, like, your special that... person bought you crumble cookies for, yeah. Can I ask a question that sounds something other than it's meant? Yeah. Is there a crumble cookie near you? <laughs> like, not close. Like, it's probably. There's got to be one north of you, right? Yeah, absolutely. How far? From my house, like yeah. 20, yeah. 25 minutes. Okay. Give or take. So that person went nearly an hour round trip to get you a Valentine's gift? Yes. Well, that's lovely. It was really lovely. That's very kind. It was kind. But only because I was really, I, yeah, it was kind. Uh, Jameson with crumble cookies overrated. Hold on. Generally speaking, I would agree with that hot take. However, the chocolate covered strawberry cookie that they only have for Valentine's Day is absolutely delicious. Occasionally, someone will bring in some around here and, like, I'll have a, you, you know, you got to cut it in quarters. That's the only way you can consume it or you'll die. Yes. It will knock me out cold and so i can't even have one it's like five times worse than a donut for me that's because they're just sugar <laughs> like, ladies and gentlemen i am looking at an executive summary of a report from the national confectioners association they list a number of micro seasons where chocolate is often given as a gift or people enjoy chocolate in these micro seasons would you care to guess the percentage of people in these micro seasons that 
enjoy or gift chocolate? 119%. Mother's Day. What percentage of people enjoy or gift chocolate for Mother's Day? Well, for basing this is wait, wait, enjoy. It says percentage of people who enjoy or gift chocolate or candy or candy for Mother's Day. Ten percent. No one's given Mammy Skittles. Um, (laughs) no one's given their mom candy. These get better. Thanksgiving. Wait, wait, what was it? What was the answer? 65%. That's so stupid. Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, this, it's one of those most celebrated candy holidays. I, I used to make homemade candy. Uh, 53%. 15%. No, 53% is, this is the, this is not right. Let's get these people on the show and let's call them to the carpet. National Candy Month and other summer holidays. Memorial Day, July 4th, Labor Day. Combine 100%. 40 47%. They have the Super Bowl on here. 37%. 37% of people enjoy candy on Super Bowl Sunday? That's what it says. Enjoy or gift. Man, that is some loose enjoy or gift. To enjoy, does that mean to consume? Because what if you consume it and don't enjoy it? That's fair. I think they're counting people both as the giver and the receiver. I enjoyed giving. That gives me two. (laughs) What's Halloween? What kind of? (laughs) 100%. Uh, They don't don't say the percentage of people. What they do say is that uh, 64% of chocolate and candy sales are generated during the big four seasons, Pete. The big four. Valentine's Day, Easter, Halloween, and winter holidays. That's the whole year. Which of those which of those four seasons do you think sells the most? Valentine's Day, Easter, Halloween, winter holidays. Halloween. It's going to be the winter holidays, isn't it? Winter holidays, 5.6 yeah. billion dollars. Halloween is 5 billion, Easter is 4.6, and Valentine's Day brings up the rear, 4.2. Go wait, wait. It's the fourth largest holiday, but ninety-two percent of adults. <laughs> Write them an email, man. A firmly worded email. Yeah. Jeremiah's gonna love this. How much sorghum is in that candy? Not enough. All right, hey Dame, congrats on your accomplishment. Um, Thanks. And Kristen, congrats on f- having a special someone that's gonna do an hour-round trip. To bring you cookies on on Valentine's Day. I'll play this clip of the show for him. Today. You know, that man is special. <laughs> I'm just trying to help a brother out. <laughs> he deserves just all sorts of credit and adoration based oh, on that. Okay. And a, a new pocket flashlight. It is. Too, he is another. too good to be true. He is a legend, <laughs> and he's the greatest. Too far. Too far. All right. Um, everyone else, stay getting money.